You are now listening to Discover Your Potential with radio talk show host Dan Gilman, Cindy Gilman's son. So listen, participate, be inspired, know that you can discover your potential. Here is Dan Gilman. Well, mediumship tends to be classified as either mental or physical. With mental mediumship, uh, such a medium often can see the spirit well, the spirit people, the communicators, and this is referred to as clairaudience, the ability to see. Also, there is what is often referred to as clairaudience, and with clairaudience, the, the uh, medium is able to hear the voices of the spirit people, and therefore they can pass on messages to the sitters. Now, physical mediumship is something which is entirely different. Uh, it is actually physical manifestations. And I think the best way that I can actually explain this is to perhaps describe uh, what it is like to attend one of my seances. And for this, I shall concentrate on what I refer to as our guest seances. Now, this is where the home circle sits, the same group of people, week after week, month after month, year after year. But from time to time, we do have guests that come and sit. So if I can describe generally what takes place at such a seance. Now, the first thing I should say is that my seances, not totally, but let's say for 80, 90% of the time, are held in pitch blackness total darkness now of course i fully understand and respect uh, the critics and the cynics that say well yes these seances are held in the darkness because the medium is a fraud and he can produce these things in total darkness touching people moving things around and of course the cynics and the skeptics are perfectly correct because in the past there have been occasions, several, many occasions, where such mediums, fraudulent mediums, have been caught out in fraud by using the cover of darkness. Mm. But you see, the fact is that we know full well that in order for physical manifestations to occur, usually, not always, but usually, pitch blackness is an essential ingredient of of the seance and i shall explain why okay. um the spirit world withdraws from the medium through the nose the ears the mouth from the solar plexus a substance an energy which is often referred to as ectoplasm now the word ectoplasm was coined in the year 1894 by a physicist by the name of Charles Richer, and he was a Nobel Prize winning medical man. But he spent many years of his life investigating mediumship, spiritualism, physical mediumship, and it was he who coined the word ectoplasm to describe this form of energy which is extracted from the medium from the spirit world. Now, as it leaves the medium, it is almost, it's totally uh, unsubstantial. It, it, almost like smoke if you like but very quickly in ways that we don't understand the spirit world are able to convert that energy into something very very substantial <coughs> and physical manifestations rely and depend 
upon this externalized energy ectoplasm. Now, what we do know is that if light is introduced into the room, artificial light, natural light, whatever, without permission of the spirit world, then the ectoplasm can return very, very quickly to the medium. And this can have catastrophic effects upon his health. Now, we do know of mediums in the past that have suffered terribly because somebody has switched on a light and the ectoplasm has returned full force into the medium. And mm -hmm. we know this as an absolute fact that mediums in the past have been badly injured and in one case actually led to death but anyhow mm -hmm. so now the point is that at my seances yes they are held in total darkness but from time to time light is introduced but only when the spirit world requests it so i shall describe what it's like to attend one of my physical seances so we go up into the seance room and we sit in a circle configuration and uh, usually we sit and we hold hands. The light is switched off. My circle leader will then open the circle by uh, speaking to the spirit world and inviting them in. So he speaks for a few moments, then he presses a button and soft, gentle orchestral music begins to play. Now I have to say, Dan, that throughout my many years of sitting, it is always the same piece of music that is played. And for me, I always look upon this as, as a trigger in some way. It, it's not something, trance is not something that I force upon myself. It happens as soon as the music begins to play. And so my mind has been conditioned over a period of so many, many years. And, you know, I always worry if I'm driving the car, listening to the radio, and I think if that piece of music comes on, <laughs> there could be big problems so anyhow so that triggers my trans condition and then the first person who speaks through me using my vocal cords uh, is my principal guide my chief guide my my most important guide right from the very beginning and he is a north american indian by the name of white feather and Whitefeather will welcome everyone to the seance and he will speak for a few moments and then he will step to one side and then I will be controlled by a little boy who always gives his age of death at six and a bit. That's how he always says it, six and a bit. He died in, when he was six and a bit. Now people say, well, why a little boy? What, what's the purpose of that? Well, the purpose is that very often when people come along to sit with me, if they've never sat before, understandably, they can be extremely nervous. They don't really know what to expect. Well, Christopher's job, his task, is to relieve the tension. And he does this in a unique way. Is quite a character, to say the very least. And within minutes, within seconds of him speaking through me, everyone becomes totally relaxed. And that's brilliant, because then everyone is in total harmony all thinking in the same way, all being as one together. And that is what is required for spiritual communication to take place. Mm -hmm. After a while, when everyone has totally relaxed, he steps to one side, and then I'm controlled by uh, a spiritual gentleman by the name of Walter. Now, students of spiritualism and psychical research will straight away recognize the name Walter Stinson. 
Now, I'm not going to go into lots of details about Walter, except to say that he was the principal guide of a medium back in the 1920s and 30s, a Boston medium, USA, Boston medium, by the name of, well, she was known under the name of Marjorie. Uh, and she was known in spiritualist circles as the eighth wonder of the world. Uh, her mediumship was quite extraordinary, and her brother on the other side of life was responsible for communication, for all the physical manifestations, etc., etc. Now, I do know that throughout her life as a medium in the 20s and 30s, there was a great deal of controversy constantly surrounding her. And we know that since her death uh, in the 1930s, that books, articles, radio productions, television productions have been made about the Marjorie mediumship. And now she's generally known as the greatest psychic fraud in history. And that angers me tremendously but I'm not going to go into lots of details as to why I'm saying that. So I shall go back to Walter. So Walter, when his sister passed into spirit, said he'd done everything he possibly could to try to demonstrate the reality of survival beyond death and of communication between the two worlds. And he said he would never, ever try again. That was it, finished. But then he heard about myself and the fact I'd studied his sister's mediumship for 50 well at that time 40 odd years and he decided to try once again one last effort to try to complete the task he commenced all those years ago so walter now is solely in charge of all the spiritual manifestations the physical manifestations now if i can describe to you we use within the seance room what we refer to as trumpets now, these should not be confused with, uh, with uh, musical instruments, not that at all. But if, if people can imagine megaphones without a handle, so at the small end, probably about half an inch diameter, at the large end, probably six inches in diameter, and the height of the trumpet is used somewhere between 12 and 15 inches. And these are usually made out of tin, thin metal, or from cardboard. We use two in our seance room. Mm. And at a certain point, Walter will ask for the trumpets to be placed on the floor directly in front of me. And then he will levitate the trumpets, and the two trumpets will fly, often at tremendous speed, all around the room. Now, pleasingly... Uh, as of a few years ago, when this happens, very often I come out of the trans condition. And this is particularly important when we have guest sitters, because then they can hear my voice and know exactly where I'm sitting in the same place. I don't move from there. So obviously I can't be responsible for uh, moving the trumpets around the room. Sometimes the spirits of the, spirits of the so-called dead are heard to speak through the trumpets. And of course, being like megaphones, then the voices are amplified and we can have loved ones, so on, so on, so forth, speaking through the trumpets to the guest sitters. Um, and I should also point out that throughout the seances, I have luminous tabs adhered to my knees so that everyone can see it all for the duration, for the entire seance, I am exactly where I'm supposed to be in my seat because they can see the luminous tabs. 
So that's very interesting. And then uh, I should point out that throughout the seances, when we have guest sitters, we have kit, what's called cable ties, which secure my arms tightly to the chair arms. And at a certain point, Walter will invite someone to come and sit at my side, right hand side. The lady who's sitting on my right will move somewhere else. The lady will sit on my right hand side and then Walter will say, take Stuart's right hand in yours, which she will do. Under no circumstances must you let it go. And the lady city will, sitter will hang on to my right hand. Then he will say, uh, with your right hand, reach out and touch Stuart's arm. Make sure that the cable tie is there and around the arm of the chair, which the lady will then do. Then he says, move your right hand away, but for goodness sake, do not let go of Stuart's hand, which he doesn't. Then he will say, because I've heard this so many times on the recordings, if I can take Stuart's arm, Stuart's arm through the cable tie, now that would be impressive. And the lady would say yes. And then with that, my arm shoots up into the air, straight through the cable tie. And then he immediately asks the lady to feel the arm of the chair to make sure that the cable tie is still there, which of course it is. Sometimes he will take the cable tie through the arm of the chair and present it to the sitter on my right hand side and then he will take a spare cable tie from the table which is in front of me and he will then <laughs> marvelously he will then uh, uh, adhere fasten my arm again to the arm of the chair so this can happen several times and then we have uh, walter relinquishes control and then we have a lady by the name of frida johnson and then she will control me now, Frida's responsibility is to reconnect the sitters with their deceased loved ones. And this is what she loves to do, really loves to do. Now, I've always said, Dan, that yes, the physical manifestations are spectacular for anyone who has not experienced this. But they do not prove survival. But then if they are linked up with survival evidence, then that in its entirety puts forward a very, very strong case for survival and communication. So then she will relish the opportunity to link people up with their loved ones. And sometimes their loved ones will come and speak to their loved one in the, the, the circle. But to me, one of the most wonderful things of all that Frida does from time to time. Now, you've got to remember that I've never ever, probably I've never ever met these guest sitters before. I've certainly never been in their houses. Sometimes they come from all over the world to sit. And she will then say, when you get home, I want you to go to your bookcase. You describe where it is. I want you to, now I'm making this up because obviously I'm making right. this part up. I want you to go to the third shelf down from the top. I want you to count, let's say, 15 books in from the left-hand side, and there you will find a book with a red cover. Take the book out, open it to page number 100, and you will find it's a left-hand page or it's a right-hand page. Then I want you to count down from the top to the 15th line, 18th line, 10th line, or whatever, and there you will find the following words. <laughs> now, <laughs> you know, I've never ever met these people. I've certainly not been in the houses. What I can say is that very, very often she's 100% correct in what she says. Sometimes she's occasionally correct. 
and sometimes she's totally incorrect. Now, Frida has been asked many times, why is it that sometimes you're totally correct, sometimes partly and sometimes totally wrong? And she says, I don't know. And, she, and that's the answer she always gives. She doesn't know, but she always gives mm. of her best. Now, all the sceptics and the critics will immediately ignore that and push it to one side because there is no explanation for it, is there? There's no explanation. Right. So that happens. And then she will stand to one side and Walter will console me again. Now, sit in front of me is a low table with a glass top uh, it's about, let's say, um, 18 inches in diameter, and it has a glass top, and inside the table there is a red light. So it will ask for the red light to be switched on, so then the top of the table, the glass top, is it totally illuminated. And it will then ask the person, it will invite somebody to come and sit facing me, and it will ask them to put their hand on the table, which they will do. And then he says, I will now produce my own etheric hand from the ectoplasmic energy. And then as the person watches, they will see like a cloud appear on the tabletop, a cloud. And then little by little, it slowly but surely, it then begins to condense and until eventually there's just a mass. And then out of the mass comes Walter's hand. And very often it will reach out to the person opposite and he will shake the hand or tap the hand. Now, not only have we had Walter do this in the past, but we've had people's loved ones have done this in the past. We've had children who've wow. done this in the past, tiny little hands, you know. And I could go on and on and on. And perhaps the most wonderful thing of all, which very, very rarely happens, but it has happened in the past, is when the doctor who occasionally works through me to perform healings on people who are sitting uh, very occasionally he will materialize and to all intents and purposes is a solid human being and he will go around the circle he will touch people hold their hands etc 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 yeah amazingly and then he will collapse into the floor and and disappear so you know i say to skeptics and the cynics I understand perfectly what they're thinking and where they're coming from. Of course I do. But very often, Dan, these people who make such, you know, uh, what can I say, make such pronouncements with such confidence, the majority, I dare say, have never, ever sat at a genuine seance, you know? So to sit on the sidelines and make these accusations, and I have no doubt whatsoever that after I've passed into spirit, then they, you know, I will be labelled as being a fraudulent medium because all physical mediums in the past have met that fate, right. you know? And I think that is so, so sad, you yeah. know? I mean, I could speak forever about it all. Yeah, I thought you said you have to be in total darkness, usually. Yes, yes, absolutely. But, but they can come through outside of the darkness too correct they could very very rarely very very rarely but it has been done and specifically when walter materializes his hand on the tabletop now do you remember me saying about the cable size and my arm rising into the air through the cable size sure many years ago before we used cable size we used to use ropes and on one occasion 
and it's actually in my book about this on one single occasion Walter called for the light to be put on and for everyone to watch my right hand and as they watched and so my hand was absolutely bound to the chair my arm shot up into the air and saw my arm go straight through the the ropes you know oh my gosh yeah absolutely but may i also say and i'm nearly how, how can he physically do that to you like well, how can just well you, you tell me <laughs> i have no idea but I, as i say a wow. long time ago i used to try to understand how why this why that how's this happen how did they do i don't do that anymore and i haven't done for years i just leave it <laughs> leave it to the spirit world leave it now can i just say one thing here Dan, sure. before we move on yeah now for people who know nothing about physical mediumship or very very little i understand fully that this may all seem very very strange to say the least okay and it's very difficult for me as the medium very often i'm in the trans condition to explain and to describe but uh some years ago we had a lady begin to sit with us who was totally deaf and i said this in the last interview yes uh, and then the spirit world said that she had um, great work to do and it was important that she should be able to hear so from then on whenever she sat she would feel at the beginning of the seance she, she described it as like a bonnet rode onto her head and then she could hear so years later and she became an honorary member of the circle her name is katie halliwell and years later she began to write booklets about her experiences in our seance room and just recently she's combined the three booklets into one book and here it is it's called touching the next horizon now the reason i'm saying this is because within the book she's she's specifically written it for people who know very little about physical mediumship and she explains the phenomena step by step also she's a very gifted artist and within the book people will find there are many many diagrams of the phenomena that take place within the seances but more than that there is also links within the book uh, to recordings of the spirit people speaking so anyone who gets the book will know how to access those recordings and it's well worth a read it's very very good she's combined the three into one and she's also updated the original three that's great and it's called it's called the next horizon touching the next horizon and the subtitle is experiences of trans and physical mediumship with the Stuart alexander circle and the author is katie Halliwell. That's great. I'll okay. make sure there's links below to, to get access to that, that as well. Yeah, I was saying that, uh, you know, until I was 22 years of age, I knew virtually nothing about spiritualism. And in the years and years and years that have passed, you know, people said to me so many times, why don't you write a book, you know, about your experiences? <coughs> and I always said, no, I'm not interested because you know, I understand if the skeptics and the cynics say, well, you know, he's, he's be, agreed to be interviewed, blah, 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 blah. But I say again that I'm not interested in, 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 in publication, in, in putting myself before the public, not in the least. And the only reason I agreed to interviews 
is because it was repeatedly pointed out to me it was an opportunity to speak about my book and therefore to get the message of survival and communication out into the world you know and i think at the present time with the world being in the situation the state it's in that you know as i said previously if only people understood and realized that death is the doorway into the eternal life that mm. communication is possible between the two states of existence we would be living in a different world we certainly would be living in a different world you know and i think it's so sad that so many people out there you know know very little if anything about this reality you know so That's true. what more can i say yeah the skeptics will finally realize it at one point Oh yeah, when the Passover. Exactly, when they transition, they'll say, "Oh, <laughs> absolutely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dear, dear, yeah." yeah. But uh, yeah, it's been a long journey, uh, and it's been a very, very interesting journey. But I have also to say that you know, there's a great deal of responsibility involved when we run guest circles or, or anything of that kind and people say to me what do you mean there's responsibility it's nothing to do with you it's it's the spirit world but i say look you know any human being you know in this situation would want people to experience the very best you know and, and therefore it is a responsibility and i ask the spirit world for goodness sake do everything you can you know to to demonstrate your reality which is silly for me to say that because i know they do that anyhow you know right. but it is a responsibility definitely absolutely you know you ask how does one become a medium and the answer is honestly i have no more idea than anyone else has now there are claims we know this that you know if a person chooses to attend a few courses you know uh, then uh, in some way development can be accelerated i'm sorry but i don't believe this you know i believe that a tutor shall we call him a tutor providing he is knowledgeable providing uh, he understands uh, and he supports helps guides uh, a potential medium then of course that can be of enormous help to you know to, to a developing medium but so often i think that people believe that they only have to attend a few courses and then they're yeah. mediums and they right. can be out there demonstrating right. absolutely but to me when spiritualism first commenced all those many years ago now uh, the home circle stood at the very center of spiritualism it was the lifeblood it was the heartbeat of the movement and it is within the home circles that existed in considerable numbers all over Europe, all over England, you know. Right. Uh, that is where these wonder mediums that today we can only read about, this is where they developed and where eventually, you know, the, to eventually emerge, to work publicly. And there is no shortcut. You know, people can sit for years to develop. And we can't decide, oh, I want to be a mental medium. Oh, I want to be a clever. Oh, I want to be a physical it's not our choice to make all we can do is to sit in patience week after week month after month year after year and leave it to the spirit well they yeah. have the complete picture we don't we don't we might think we have but we don't you know yeah so it's to the spirit well and unfortunately the home circle now has been relegated 
you know, in its importance. And I think that has reflected upon the standard of mediumship today within the spiritualist movements. And unless we return to, you know, to the home circle as being the mainstay of the movement, I think things will go from bad to worse. I really do, you know? It already has. Yeah, well, I agree with you. And that's sad, you know? Uh, I, in fact, throughout my many years of involvement uh, and the demonstrations of mediumship that I have experienced, platform mediumship, I can honestly say that perhaps only on maybe half a dozen or maybe ten occasions when I was very impressed with the demonstration. That ten, honestly, you know, can replace that with two or three hundred occasions when I thought, what, what's going on, you know? Yeah, this is supposed to be made. no wonder people give up, you know, and think right. it's a lot of nonsense, you know. Yeah, yeah, sad, sad. Yeah. yeah, no, that makes sense. I just had a lot of spiritual uh, awakening. Is that back in 1990, I was made the archives officer for a new society which had been formed. Uh, within spiritualism called the Noah's Ark Society for Physical Mediumship because by then physical mediumship had virtually died away which was so sad because the spiritualist movement itself was created around physical manifestations. So I became the archives officer because I've always been extremely interested in the history of spiritualism particularly in regard to physical mediumship so as the archives officer i was very very fortunate to interview to meet with elderly spiritualists who in years gone by had sat with some of the wonder physical mediums of the past they had sat with these mediums and witnessed the most extraordinary phenomena and you know when they spoke about what they had experienced it was almost as if they were talking about something that they had experienced only the night before. Everything had remained so fresh within their minds. Mm -hmm. At a certain point, I thought to myself, well, one by one, these elderly spiritualists were passing away, passing into the spirit world. And I thought these wonderful stories that I've heard, they're being lost, they're being lost. And I thought, I've got to do something about this. And therefore, in the Noah's Ark Society newsletter and it also within spiritualism's newspapers, I appealed to senior spiritualists to make contact with me uh, and explain that I would like them to record uh, their experiences and that I promise them that I would see this as a duty to ensure that their wonderful stories would always be available for present day and all future spiritualists to hear. In other words, that their experiences would not be lost once they passed into spirit. And I'm delighted to say that a great many did make contact with me. And many did, thankfully, record for me their experiences. And then I thought to myself, well, I've got to do something with these. So I created a cassette, a compilation cassette of these stories which were made available to members of the Noah's Ark Society and then in more recent years I thought well I have to do something with these cassettes and therefore 
I created this double CD album, transferred the cassettes onto CD. That's it. That's it, Dan. And so their stories, now all of them are no longer upon this earth, they're all in the spirit world, but I hope they're listening to what I'm saying now, because their stories will live on forever for people to enjoy in the future, to learn such a great deal about these wonderful, wonderful mediums, you know. That's and great. although I've experienced such a great deal in my lifetime, you know, when I hear some of these stories, I think, Oh my goodness, I'd give a year of my life to have been there, to have experienced. Yes, my physical mediumship is at a certain level, but some of these experiences are way beyond the level that my mediumship is at. So I would say to anybody who's interested in physical mediumship and wants to learn about these great mediums of the past, then I highly recommend physical Zoom recollections, the double CD album and how does one get this how does one get the cds yes well all they have to do put into the computer Stuart alexander medium and that will take them straight to my site uh, and they can that can make contact direct contact with me and then uh, they can order them through me yes okay great excellent what what do you so if somebody wants to buy these how much do these cost usually well, the cost, uh, obviously, I'm talking in terms of uh, pounds, right. <laughs> UK money. So they are £12.50 plus postage and packing, obviously. Yes. So uh, I think it's £19 something if somebody orders from America. Right. I think it's about £19.75, something like that. Anybody that orders, they can say they are watching this program. Just so you know that they actually saw this, that would be great. Yes, okay, Dan. Yeah, lovely. Lovely. And- and 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 also your book of course so thank you thank you Stuart, very much for for coming on discover your potential oh that's been my pleasure incidentally the book cannot be ordered through amazon okay we, we will have the link down below oh thank you very much no it's been a real down uh, pleasure dan to meet with you to speak with you and yes. to give this interview so thank you This is Cindy Gilman, and you're listening to Discover Your Potential. So until next time, do something nice for yourself, but do something nice for someone else.